So today there's no like ease into the sermon, cute story, funny joke, uh, like normal, haha. Um, it's just like we're going to get into it by telling you the main point at the beginning, in part because we have a couple big passages to get through, and we've got some pretty cool stuff to see in Genesis 1 and Colossians 1. So we've got a lot to cover, so we're going to just jump onto a moving train. Here's where we're headed today. This is the main point, the big idea. Jesus is a much bigger deal than you think he is. Jesus is a much bigger deal than you think he is, and he wants you and me, he wants us to live the ordered life that means more joy in blessing others with his goodness. Jesus is a much bigger deal than you think he is, and he wants you to live the ordered life that means more joy in blessing others with his goodness. So we're starting in Genesis 1 today, and at the beginning of Genesis, at the scene of creation, at the beginning, it was chaos. Genesis 1 at the beginning was, was basically chaos. Genesis 1 verse 2 says the earth was without form and void. Darkness was over the face of the deep. In the ancient Near East, this chaos of the deep was where evil came from, they thought. Which makes sense to me. Have you ever been in the deep and looked down there and see nothing but blackness and thought, that must be where evil comes from? Because I'm scared out of my gourd, right? Like you've experienced that, right? I stay on shore. So the chaos of the deep was this place that was considered the source of evil. And Genesis tells us here that the earth was just sitting there without form. It was void. Which is a Hebrew way of saying... It was out purpose, without purpose and meaning. It was going nowhere. It was doing nothing. So into that formless and empty void, into that chaos, God spoke light and life and purpose. Throughout the rest of Genesis 1, we see God ordering creation, putting creation together out of the chaos for his purposes. You see, the biblical account of Genesis 1 is not primarily about how God created the world in material terms, though it obviously includes all of that. It's primarily about how God speaks order into creation so that it would bless the world with His goodness. This is fundamentally important to understand about Genesis about the Bible, about where the Bible heads, about why we were created, about our purpose in life. All of those things come from this idea that God created the world so that it would have the purpose of blessing people and the world with His own goodness. Look at Genesis 1, 26-31 with me. We're going to read through this pretty quickly here. And pay attention here to words that fit this description of God ordering creation to bless creation with his goodness. Words like blessed and faithful and good. Look at this, Genesis 1, 26 through 31. Start there at verse 26, it says this, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. Many believe that's the first reference to, uh, one of the first references to the Trinity in the Bible there. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. So humanity is created to be a picture of God. And let them have dominion, that's a word that means stewardship and responsibility. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27, so, because of this purpose of stewardship over creation, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. And then it says God blessed them, verse 28, which means he endowed them. 
with the responsibility to steward and to take care of creation so that they could use the resources of the world to bless the world like he was doing in creation in the first place. It's why God tells Abraham in just 12 12 chapters after this that he was blessed to be a blessing. So verse 28 says, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So God is giving humanity this larger purpose of wielding creation for blessing. We must understand this about the beginning of Genesis and why, why we have what we have that we call our own. He's giving humanity this larger purpose of wielding creation for blessing. Verse 29, to finish up here through 31, it says, God said, Behold, I have given you every plant, yielding seed on the face of the earth, every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food, and to every beast of the earth, bird of the heavens, everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. Meaning, these things did what God intended for them to do. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Good because it carried out God's purposes. It carried out his heart to bless. It was good because it was godly. It is godly to bless like that. And there was evening and morning the sixth day. So there is something we must understand about all of reality. God structured reality so creation would be fruitful for blessing others with his goodness. This is clear from what we just read in Genesis. This is why he calls what he made good. Because it was carrying out a godly purpose of giving away his goodness throughout the world. God structured reality so that creation would be fruitful for blessing others with his own goodness. And here's the angle for us in this today. The angle is this in this series of Life Means More as we talk about the ordered life today. You can order your life around the truth that God made the world to work well, to be fruitful, for blessing others with his goodness. You can order your life around that truth, or you can order your life around you. Abusing creation for a mission of self that brings temporary satisfaction, temporary glory, but not joy. The application today will be easy to understand. You can order your life around the truth that God made reality this way. That he made creation so that it can be used to bless people with his goodness. Or you can order your life around you as the center. Abusing creation for a mission of self that will bring you temporary glory, but not lasting joy. You see, back to the main point, Jesus is a much bigger deal than you think he is. He's a much bigger deal than you think he is. And he wants you to live the ordered life that means more joy for you and blessing for others. The trajectory that's set in motion here in Genesis at creation finds its peak, its focal point, its center in Jesus. So for the Jesus is the focal point part of this, turn with me to Colossians, the first chapter. 
If Genesis makes it clear that God's intent in creation is to order creation for blessing, then Colossians makes it clear that Jesus is the focal point for ordering our lives. It's like we're going cosmic down to Jesus, and then we'll go down to us a little bit later on at the end of Colossians. So he's making the point here, Paul is, to the church in Colossae that Jesus gets first place. Jump into Colossians 1, verse 15. We're in that verse there. Paul starts by attributing to Jesus two very theologically rich titles there. He says that he, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. So the first title says he is the image of the invisible God. It's just a way of saying that Jesus is a picture of God. He's meant to be a reflection of the Father. But he's actually more than just a picture of God. He's not just made in God's image as we are. He's more than that. Look at the second title that Paul gives Jesus here in verse 15. The firstborn of all creation. This doesn't mean that Jesus was the first one born, uh, the first person or thing born in the sense of time. It means that over all creation, out of all creation, Jesus is the firstborn in the sense of importance or rank or dignity or honor. That was a title of honor. Because the firstborn had ownership and inheritance rights and special privileges that came with being firstborn in the ancient Near East. Psalm 89.27, a number of places in the Bible, but Psalm 89.27 says, this is God speaking of the Son, I will make him the firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. So Jesus isn't the firstborn, he's the firstborn. In fact, to make the point further, keep reading, verse 16. For by him all things were created. Meaning he caused the creation of all things. He's present with God the Father at creation. We know this from a number of places. John 1, for example, is one uh, important one if you look that, look that up later. For by him all things were created, speaking about Jesus, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things, and it says, were created through him and for him. So Paul says here, In verse 16, all things were created, three prepositions, by him, through him, and for him. Think about this. Paul is saying creation is ordered by, ordered through, and ordered for Jesus. Creation is given life, and direction, and purpose, and meaning by through and for Jesus. Like at a fundamental level. Like at an elemental level that goes beyond what science can describe. This is why Jesus is a bigger deal than you think He is. And that's true whether you follow Jesus your whole life, or you're new with us today and you think, eh, not so sure about this Jesus thing. (laughs) According to Paul here, who in Colossians 1 is grabbing language from Genesis... He's grabbing language back from Genesis. According to Paul, Jesus is worthy of being the gravitational pull of all of your life's resources because creation is meant to be ordered. All of reality, according to God, is meant to be ordered, given life and purpose and meaning, by, through, and for Jesus. It gets even crazier than that. Keep reading. Look at verse uh, 17 here. It says, He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. That word hold together there is a way of, of saying, a way of saying, He is the gravitational pull of all of existence in a way that keeps things from going into chaos. 
He is the means by which creation actually stays alive. He's saying nothing in creation acts independently, exists independently, without the power of God through Jesus. I'm not like making this up. It's, it's scripture. Hebrews 1.3, talking about Jesus, says, He upholds the universe by the word of His power. And if it hasn't become yet clear, Paul is saying something radical. And he intends for us to hear it as definitively as he says it. Which is to say, if Jesus is the controlling principle of all creation the sort of glue and the gravitational pull that holds together existence at every level, then He is the focal point. And you and I are not. Our existence and purpose take their meaning insofar as we are related to Him. Which is to say, if you think this life is about you, or your stuff, or your kids, or your talents, or your dreams, apart from and independent from Jesus as the focal point and center, then not only are you wrong about that, but if you feel the gravitational pull to other things at a fundamental level, that should scare you. Paul says this life is not about you. Creation wasn't made for your glory. It was made for your joy to bless others in bringing Jesus Christ the glory only He deserves. All of life is a resource to be stewarded by us for His glory. And that's how we get joy. (laughs) You want joy? Do what God did in creation for the purpose of bringing Him glory. Bless others with the goodness of God. And then He will say to you, that's very good. And you will understand what joy, so that you please the master, really looks like. All of life is a resource to be stewarded by you for Christ. Because he's the king of all creation. He's the king. (laughs) So, So, creation is ordered, it's given life and purpose and meaning and direction through Jesus and for Jesus. Keep reading, this is amazing here. Paul goes from cosmic to Jesus as the organizing principle of all creation down to us, the church, because Jesus is the organizing principle for us as his followers, for his people, the church. Keep reading in uh, verse 18. He says, he, meaning Jesus, still talking about Jesus, he is the head of the body, meaning he's the authority, he's the brains of the church, he's the one who makes it all work, he's the beginning, the firstborn, from the dead, which is some of that firstborn language, but in a bit of a different way that sounds confusing at first. It's just a way of saying, among the resurrected people of God, Jesus is again the firstborn. So he's the firstborn from the dead who's raised to new life. He is, in the, he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That in everything, verse 18, so that in all things he might be preeminent. He might be the greatest. Some versions say, so that he might have first place in everything. So that Jesus might have first place in all things. God the Father gave Jesus the Son firstborn rights in order to establish first place. Meaning, let me say that again, all of reality, all of creation, 
all the stuff we call our own, all of life's resources, are meant to be focused on that as the point. God gave Jesus, God the Father gave Jesus the Son firstborn rights in order to establish first place in all things. For in Him, verse 19, all the fullness of God, meaning God's essential character and nature, look at this, here's the joy piece, was pleased to dwell. Notice that it gave God the Father joy to take the fullness of His character and nature and to put it in Jesus and to live there among us. That pleased God as an act of blessing to the world and to us. And through Him, through Jesus, verse 20, to reconcile to Himself all things, whether in earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of His cross. Think about this. God the Father finds joy in using His absolute power to put together the world so that through Jesus on the cross, He fixes the broken relationship between sinners and Himself. That is the definition and the ultimate example of ordering things to bless others. What on earth makes us think we have some place to do the opposite of that. And to make our lives, our resources, our families, our relationships, our talents about something other than Jesus is preeminent. God made things so we could be blessed with eternal life in Jesus. So the question is, will we do the same with our lives for others? Will we order our world around those same purposes? You see, friends, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. The order you create in your world, the order you create in your world, is determined by who you think is in charge. You will order your world around who or what you think is in charge. If you order your world around having uh, financial security preeminently or being well-respected mostly or not being like your parents or, or video games or sports or sex or money or fame, whatever it is you order your life around, the gravitational pull of those things will reveal who you think or what you think is in charge. When you order your world around material um, comfort, vocational achievement, Leisure that keeps you from community. When you order your life preeminently around your children as the center of the universe. Or even around things like being militantly lazy or disengaged so no one can ever hurt you. Whatever it is you order your life around, it will become clear to all around you <laughs> who or what you think is in charge and for whom the world exists. So perhaps for most of us, one of the main take-homes should be a question to those close to us. According to what you see in me, what am I ordering my life around? It would be a good question to ask somebody. If you really want, if you really want to apply today. And then um, do the hard part of just listening. <laughs> listening for an answer. You see, friends, it's all about Christ's first place. 
Colossians 1.18 says that God made creation so that in all things Christ might be preeminent, that He might be first place, that He is the focal point. What we need to learn is that our everyday pursuit of making Jesus first place, our everyday pursuit of making Jesus first place is rooted in God's ultimate purpose to bring us the joy of blessing the world with Jesus. We think ordering our lives is about a personal safety or a security or a sense of inner control. Those can be short-term gains that end up in the long-term costing you your soul. What we need to learn is that our everyday pursuit of making Jesus first place is actually rooted in God's larger vision for all of creation. God's, God's purpose of bringing the joy of blessing the world with Jesus. So second little practical thing that you might do this week is ask yourself this question. You probably know the answer. Um, Someone next to you may know the answer as well. Where in your life do you need to reorder things so that Christ is first place? Where in your life do you need to reorder things so that Christ is first place? This is the ordered life This is the ordered life that means more when we put Christ at first place. This is the ordered life that means more. A life centered around Jesus as first place. That will mean more joy for you and more blessing for others. Let's pray, friends.